everybody. This is Julie Barella-Mills. And this is Joe Lopez. We're with Rock On with Joe and Julie. This month's podcast is going to center around the Rock and Roll and the Heavy Metal Hall of Fames. Yes, there was a Heavy Metal Hall of Fame, and there it occurred um, actually on, let me see, sometime in uh, uh, January of this month. It was on January 18th at the uh, Anaheim uh, Expo Center in Anaheim, California. And uh, the Master of Ceremonies, again, was a dear friend of uh, Ronnie James Dio, which was Eddie Trunk. And um, this was put on by an organization called the Hall of Heavy Metal History. And uh, they are a division and of a um, nonprofit organization called DAD, which is based out of Clifton, New Jersey, uh, which is, uh, stands for Drums and Disabilities. And for over a decade, celebrity, sports stars, and law, uh, law enforcement agencies, doctors, United States government agencies, neuroscientists, special needs therapists, musicians, and teachers in over 15 countries have taken part in their outreach programs to help the disabled population live happier and healthier lives. And this ceremony uh, was honoring this, they called it the first annual that's cool. Mm-hmm. Hall of Heavy Metal History Induction Ceremony. And it honored... Gosh, well, <laughs> got a vast, yeah, a vast amount of people. You know, uh, first comes to my mind, of course, is Ronnie himself, uh, Frankie Benali of uh, Quiet Riot, uh, Randy Rhodes, uh, Rudy Sarzo, and, of course, uh, Brian Slagle's label, Metal Blade Records, which, you know, has given so many people... Um, a great launch to their careers and uh, their first taste of being on vinyl, etc. Um, you know, that helped our scene overall, you know, in heavy metal. You know, I can't say enough about how much uh, Metal Blade Records means to the, uh, you know, to our genre. And, and don't forget here, Joe, that uh, the Scorpions, the Rainbow Bar and Grill, the actual building itself was being honored. And Lemmy. 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 <laughs> and, and also... If, and you know this this person, it's Ross the Boss Friedman. Yeah, absolutely. Ross the Boss Friedman, Andy Zildjian, and, Andy Zildjian. and none so other, and it was interesting, this was kind of one out of left field, but Deep Purple's Don Airy. You know, you might think it's a little out of left field, but you know, I, I tend to think of Don has been on so many people's albums, you know, in the middle field, you know, in the middle field, you know, Ozzy Osbourne, you know, of course, he's still, you know, uh, playing with Deep Purple, um, you know, but then, of course, you know, he was in Rainbow as well. You know, um, all these, you know, legendary, you know, hard rock bands and, you know, and heavy metal, um, you know, bands too as well. So, yeah, I mean, it, it's a great honor to be in that in that club. Right. Sure. And if I didn't mention that this, uh, the proceeds from the January 18th um, uh, induction ceremony was um, are going to the Ronnie James Dio Stand Up and Shout Cancer Fund. And, of course, our first podcast was centered around um, the life and times of um, the late, great Ronnie James Dio. And so now we're going to, you know, actually go ahead and now talk about the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Okay. And this year it was interesting because we've had our discussions about it, and um, especially, you know, uh, between fans and uh, pundits alike, meaning uh, against uh, what has the Hall of Fame has done in recent years to some of the more uh, acts that have been ignored. 
Right. You know, and I think, you know, they've been getting a lot of slack for that for years, you know, and, you know, perhaps people are saying, you know, it's not, you know, the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame isn't really the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. True. But, you know, I I believe that they're trying to take the, uh, the Hall of Fame in a, in a better direction. Now, um, this year, you know, we have ELO um, that's being inducted, Joan Baez, uh, Journey, Pearl Jam, uh, Tupac Shakur. Yeah, I know, uh, I know. You know, and yes, you know, which, you know, is a huge, huge influence in rock music. I mean, they are definitely overdue to be in the Hall of Fame, um, as well as Jeff Lynne and ELO. You know, they are uh, definitely, um, how would you call it, they were trailblazers, you know, at the time. Well, exactly, and they were, and, and, and when I was reading their biography, it said that John Lennon once uh, referred to them, or favorably referred to them as the son, son of the Beatles, you know, and I remember some of the their uh, compositions were just, it re- very was Beatlesque, in other words. Definitely. You know, and, uh, but then, uh, but then again, when you were mentioning, you know, yeah, the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame has been getting a lot of flack, but then again, that is why... You have something like the, you know, this Hall of History, you know, heavy metal induction. I mean, they, they finally had to just throw their hands up and they said, look, how long are we going to wait for our due and being able to be recognized? And also, too, it goes for a great charity. But when are we going to be recognized for the, the kinds of uh, things we're doing? And this is not and we've spoken about this before. A lot of artists do not go into this business just to get a whole bunch of awards. Okay, we live here in the United States where American Idol and The Voice and all of these other reality TV programs become this instant success for a lot of these artists, whereas the bands that we speak of and the individuals that are being honored for these awards put blood, sweat, tears and sacrifice their entire lives for you know, sacrifice. And have a bit of longevity, you know. Absolutely. That's the difference between, you know, the stars that get created and the stars, you know, that paid their dues, um, you know, in other ways, you know, slugging it out in the clubs, um, you know, things that were a lot different, you know, uh, back in the, you know, I don't want to say back in the day, but, you know, people used to slug it out in the clubs, you know, you get somebody to come down and see you, you know, there'd be record company interest, you know, record companies would invest, you know, at least three records to give the band a good shot. To uh, for the artist to develop, yeah, those days are pretty much gone. They are, um, you know, that kind of money just isn't invested in, you know, a lot of the talent. And you know, when you get these, you know, people that they're doing on The Voice, etc., you know, they're finding out. Well, you know, <laughs> it all comes down to what it always comes down to the song. It's right. like it, you know, at the basis of everything, you have to have the songs. Well, if that person's just a singer, I mean. You know, there's a lot of singers. There's a lot of great guitar players. There's a lot of good drummers. But how many of those people can gel and make a, a song its own, you know, and add something to it that nobody's quite done before? Well, luckily, you know, that's when you have a lot of, you know, validity. You know, uh, you know, you get people like Yes, you know, who, you know, Yes is, you know, a great um, example. You know, what I mean, they had so many different players, you know, that have come in and out of the band, you know. Uh, Throughout the life of Yes. It was a Steve Hackett and it was, um, oh. Steve Howe. Steve Howe, my apologies. Steve Howe. Um, but, you know, you've had Trevor Rabin, too, who's, who's also um, incredible. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's funny because the Trevor Rabin uh, era, that they call it, you know, with John Anderson, Trevor Rabin, 
and stuff at one point didn't even include Rick Wakeman. And now and now there's Anderson, Wakeman, and, and Trevor Rabin, you know, and ARW, a new band, you know, and they keep, you know, evolving, you know, as musicians doing different things. Of course. And, and then, of course, you know, uh, last year, what, we lost Chris Squire uh, from yeah. the band and everything, you know, because they would actually tour quite often, even from the States to, um, you know, overseas and stuff. And they had a really huge legion of fans that would still be seeing them. You also have um, here um, in the inductions, you have uh, Pearl Jam with their, you know, of course, their famous album, which was 10, I believe. Sure. That, uh, that there was their breakout album. And they, you know, and uh, look, I'm, I'm not a big fan of theirs. Never have been, but that's just me. <laughs> I, I mean, with all due respect, but they fit that era with the whatever the grunge was and, and whatever the... Uh, the the flavor of the month was at right, the time. Eddie over there. Vedder was a, definitely huge, huge inf influence. Uh, you know, on vocals for a whole decade. Yeah. You know, coming and stuff. You know, it, um, yeah. I have the. You know, I I listened to them. You know, back then. You know, quite often, but it never was. You know, my total genre. I was more of a metal man right. myself. Well, exactly. But at the same time, you know, taking into you know. But there's a lot of other bands that I listen to that aren't, uh, you know, totally heavy metal. So, I mean, I can't really use that as an excuse to say I don't like Pearl Jam. Well, and that's true. But, I, I mean, the fact is, is that, and it's just, it, I was not one of those people that jumped on the bandwagon for every new band that just came out. I was always the one who was going for those bands that, you know, maybe struggle a little bit or maybe the underdog. I've always been more for the underdog and, and saying, you know, because... Their music were sometimes um, set the stage for some of these acts to come in. Now, Eddie Vedder, interesting enough, his inspirations were Neil Young, The Who, and The Ramones. So that is a great wide range. And so when he came out with his music, and of course his, his voice, his very distinctive voice that he came out with, it really touched the vein and a lot of people. And then, of course, with the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, you have a 25-year um, wait uh, you know, end of work and of influence. There's all these criteria that they have that they that they were able to finally get inducted uh, on their first try. As a matter mm. of fact, uh, Journey, another one of those bands that they were like, I mean, and still are to this day, even with uh, our uh, Arnel Pineda, uh, is that the the quintessential arena rock band. You know, when it comes to what they do and their hits. I mean, it's just nonstop. Nonstop. I mean, you just feel like you could be there for three, four hours and continue to listen to their tracks. But you know, they got to go over to the next show and entertain the fans. And but it's just you know, it's like a you know soundtrack of your life kind of deal, right? Know, when they're doing that stuff. And luckily enough, for some of their music, they were featured in different television shows and stuff. One in particular I remember oh, yeah. was um, The Sopranos. The um uh, the fu the finale of the Sopranos and the song <laughs> "Don't Stop Believing." I mean, so it you know, to number one again after that. Absolutely. You know, after how many years? And you're uh -huh. like, going. But you know, people never really, you know, I mean, they're one of those bands that everybody still loves to go and see. Right. You know, even now, you know, even, and I just, you know, I still go and see them. Um, you know, and then you know the the good thing about it is that. You know, I'm hearing Steve Perry's going to get back, not into, the, I don't 
know if he'll ever come back to the they band. have invited him but they have invited they have him, invited him. Well, they have inv- they, but they've invited him but i don't know what the what the scuttlebutt on it is you know i mean i don't know what the skinny is about it and whether they but i would love to he, see him oh my gosh at the end you yeah. know it doesn't you know with or without journey you know i still love to see you know Steve Perry on stage again because he's a great musician. It would too, and and you remember it's also going to be Greg Raleigh, Greg Raleigh who was in oh, the beginning part of Greg that Raleigh. journey. I love you know, that, I love that era of Journey. Yeah, I love that era of Journey. You know, I I it was less polished than what came afterwards. Mm-hmm. You know, like right Ray's before Escape. Yeah, no, even you know, before Escape, when Escape was the biggest album that ever. Yeah, like Destiny. Yeah. Um, you know and. Uh, you know, the other albums that were, you know, of course, I like the live album that had Greg Rowley, too. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. and great. remember he did a and remember he did an album later with Ross Valerie and uh, Steve Smith called The Storm. And they came yes. out with a couple of records. And I actually got to meet them at a, uh, uh, you know, a kind of a press junket kind of mm-hmm. thing that they mm-hmm. had back in the mm-hmm. day when I was working at uh, Tower Records. So it was really kind of and it was very refreshing. You know, uh, and you know, being able to get to talk to the band and stuff, but it, it's it's just a a great honor for them to finally get recognized, being a popular band as they were. They should have been in again. Well, and, and again, and that's where that that discussion comes in, and that's where the fans start fighting because we we're like saying, Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Who who's supposed to be your flavor of the month this time? We know you have your favorites. We know. Eric Clapton has been there four different times under five different bands or whatever the stuff may be. My apologies to any of the Eric Clapton fans. Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying that I don't like Eric Clapton, but because he is God, remember, okay? (laughs) But the fact of the matter is, is that, you know, you have to be able to kind of take these members, and this is something that Ian Pace from Deep Purple had brought up about two years ago prior to their eventual in, induction this right. year or last year excuse well, me right, when, when i felt like the biggest poke in the eye was to nick simper and i was like over here going oh, how do you God. how do you say we're going to include all first all the first three lineups of deep purple and then you go oh wait a minute we're not going to include the first bass player i know and the, the first bass player did play on all the albums that the first vocalist Rod Evans, exactly. So we're like, well, what was their logic behind it? And to be to be honest with you, I just think they goofed up. I do. I think they goofed up, and then once they made the decision, they were too embarrassed to go back and say, hey, you know what? We made a mistake. We forgot to put that person's name on the list because there's no there's no logical reason why that. Why do you say we're going to include all the people from the first three lineups, and then you go? Oh wait a minute! But we're taking the bass player from the first three records, right? right. And oh. then, then he has to be able to come up with some type of reasoning and saying. And I've heard Jolyn Turner say this too. This is about awards. That you know, we didn't go into this business for awards. He says, you know, they're a ball of gas kind of thing. I mean, because the fact of the matter is, is that when you're starting out and you're uh, touring around these clubs, you're gigging around these, you're, you know, going on buses, you're going on cars, um, breaking down, spending this money, um, and all of a sudden, you know, you're either, and, and your big thing, your big money is not the album sales. It's not the, um, especially if you don't have a record deal, but if you, even if you do have a record deal, your big thing is always going to be, first and foremost, is the merchandise. 
you know? Or, for example, now with um, like uh, the upcoming shows that we have lately through Live Nation, these VIP packages that they put together. Yeah. You know? So you're getting a Different special... Different day and age. You know, be you know, before, before, you know, bands, you know, back before everybody started, uh, you know, taking music for free or just paying, you know, small amounts of money to stream. Now, you know, now bands actually have to depend on the gig and the merchandise or else they're not going to get paid. It's like making money off of, those days are gone about making money off of album sales. That's, you know, Gene Simmons once said, why should we make any records? We're not going we're, we're to make any money. Right, and you, you know? know what? And even and even then it was interesting because um, your own son, Joe, is now in the, in the music business. Yeah. And he is putting out records, but... I was talking to you about this the other day, and there, it's all digital. And I was absolutely, I was in shock. Yeah. You know, and, and you said, what, his, uh, his record, what, what is he doing now, right now? Uh, he, he, did a, um, he did a single with an artist named Minnie, M-I-N-Y. And, uh, what, is your, what is your son, what, what is the name that he goes by? And my son uh, goes by Joey. He's a, a DJ um, doing electronic music and production. And uh, he goes by Joey, J-O-E-Y-Y-Y, -Y -Y -Y, isn't it? <laughs> Triple yeah. Y. Triple and, Y, uh, yeah. You know, he's been played, you know, at, at various festivals, Coachella, you know, and, you know, the bigger, uh, you know, the bigger festivals back in Europe. He's had his stuff played on the BBC and, and so forth. And I say, you know, I always joke with him. I go, show me the money. Show yeah. Show me the money. And it's like, you know, as far as single sales, and I asked him the other day, I said, son, I go, why would people... You're on Shockwave, you're on uh, Spotify, you're on uh, iTunes and so forth. They said, how many singles do you think you're going to sell? Because it's a single market, sure. especially for the music he does. Right. And he was like, I said, why would people buy what they can just stream and say, oh, okay. You know, if they want to hear it five, ten times, twenty times, you know. He says, yeah. He says, well, you know, that's the way it is, you know. But <laughs> I said, well, wow. you know, how, you know, back in the day it would be like you had to buy the single, you know, and like it or not, afterwards you've already bought the single or, you know, or the record. Well, now that he has been, of course, touring and getting the big names, well, you know, and I guess big names in that business and stuff, mm -hmm. does, what is, I guess, what I'm asking is, what is his expectations? I mean, does he consider himself he's going to be like another Zed or a number, you know, another, you know, one of these artists that have been, you know, these huge artists well, that everybody bit, goes to? I mean, that's well, that's what I'm kind of curious. Well, make no bones about it. The, the larger name DJs and producers, they make millions of dollars I see. a year. Like, you know, Armin Van Buren. Uh, Carl you know, Cox, you Carl know. Carl Cox, mm -hmm. you know, uh, Tiesto, people like that. They're making over a million, you know, dollars a year, you know, doing shows. So, you know, it, it, the money lies more in the shows than the merch. Right. And, like you, you, and you also notice, too, um, here in the States, yeah, we have Coachella, but, you know, over there in the Europe, they have Ibiza, you know, and they have these huge yeah, festivals. Um, uh, what's the big one over there? He, well, he got played at EDC, too. Cruella played him also, which is a huge, huge name in, the, in his industry. Dioro's played uh, some of his stuff too as well. So it's kind of, you know, it, it it's kind of cool how, you know, they help each other out. But, it, you know. But you, but, but man, you brought up a good point with this whole thing with the digital. Because I was going, you know, I'm a CD person. I mean, before I was uh, an album person, cassette person, 
I mean, granted, I... Because I, I want to read who wrote what. Right. How long the tracks are. Absolutely. Who produced what. Absolutely. And, it, you know, you don't find out those facts. No. The majority of the time on... And, know, and, it on the internet. Exactly. And I remember my one of my last interviews with a recording artist, he basically told me, he says, look on the album in order to find out who this who these people were on the track. He goes, you know, because obviously they're touring, um, and they need to make sure that they, you know, take care of their um their own self as far as um, you know, what and touring for the record or, or whatever the case may be. And they may not always remember those details when it comes right. to who was helping them and stuff. But each of them are still important. With a single entity like your son, he's reaching out and obviously being heard by a bunch of other uh, DJs that are now interested in hearing his music. And then you start going through. Now, does he... I guess my question is, and, and this is kind of circling back to what we were talking about with both of these Hall of Fame inductions ceremonies. Does he see his career as possibly, you know, getting some type of award for this or some type of accolade. What is he could care less about that crap. Exactly. <laughs> he could care less. Exactly. In fact, it's yeah, it's you know, those things are like an afterthought. You know, right. it's, it's nice if somebody probably gives it to you. You know, and that's what most of your stars will will say. Yeah. You know. Yeah. You know, it, it's a nice afterthought or nice to be thought of or what is he, no. what is, I mean, again, my, I, and getting to this, because you are so close to this action, what is a five-year plan for him? What, a five-year, ten years? He's just, are you just, just going to keep making music? I mean, is he making any money off of it? I know you were saying show the money, but show, <laughs> show me the money kind <laughs> of thing. Dad, so I, I don't know. I'm going to say that, you know, but I mean, as far as, um, you know, of course, you know, he's constantly, you know, working on, you know, getting more gigs, you know. Definitely, you know, alongside of larger name acts, you know, uh, the current single that he has out, you know, um, is on a record label, okay. you know, that, you know, that sells a heck of a lot of records. I see. And so therefore, yeah, it's all going in that direction. I'd say it's just like any other, you know, in that respect, just like any other heavy metal band, rock band, whatever, you're going for that same thing, you know, to have your product out there, you know, your, your tunes out there. You know, and hopefully sell some records so that you get good tour support. You know, go out there and get a good, you know, tour with, you know, some of these bigger name DJs. And next thing you know, you're getting paid, you know, to go to these festivals, especially in his genre, because that's where their money is really at. Whereas with rock music, it tends to be, you know, uh, Poison is getting so and such to tour with them the whole tour. Right. With them, it's not as many dates you know, so to speak. Well, it, yeah, exactly. And so it's just, uh, it's just very interesting. And I'm glad to hear your perspective on this because again, you're more of a, uh, you know, you have a personal investment in this. You know? <laughs> yeah. He yeah. still lives at home. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> and how is he in his early twenties? Yeah. He's, he's in his he's early twenty two. So yeah. Well, and, uh, again, best of luck to you, Joey on, um, on your, your career and and my hope is for the the best that you can do it and please help your dad too. <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> um, but getting back to this, so I do want to discuss one of the artists, and we're not going to go through it in great detail. But it was interesting when they also are inducting Joan Baez, and I wanted to bring this point up because there was a song that she did or she wrote, which was absolutely 
positively one of my favorites called Diamond and Rust, I believe. Judas Priest. Okay. Judas Priest. Yeah. 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 Yeah, I mean. I know. I love that song. (laughs) You know, I have heard her version, but, you know, of course, you know, being the metalhead that I am, of course, you know, that uh, that version is awesome. And also reminds me of, uh, uh, what was it? uh, What is it? uh, Was it? Is it? uh, What band is doing uh, Sound of Silence? Right now. Well, that's Simon Garfunkel. Yeah, um, but disturbed. Exactly. But you know what? I, I, and he I, did one recently with Miles Kennedy. It was just like there was the he, the the lead singer from Disturbed goes and you know, Miles Kennedy says shows that up. they love that version. Everybody goes, oh, what a beautiful vocal. And yeah, I think it's a great vocal. But to be honest with you, I still prefer the um, I still prefer the original. Oh sure. To you know to it because I'm like over here going, ah, I don't know. I I still think that the original. Um, has a better vocal. Well, and also, too, I wanted to bring up, and you brought up Judas Priest's version. I, I bring up a version that I felt was one of the best vocally um, sang uh, songs by um, Candace Knight from Blackmore's Night huh. um, on that song. She, you know, obviously she's been with, which, you know. Which song? Diamonds and Rust? Diamonds and Rust. Oh, I didn't know she did that. Diamonds and Rust. I'm surprised. Yeah, it's on. I think Ghost from a Rose. I oh. believe, if I'm not, if I'm not mistaken, and Blackmore Knight's fans, fans can actually um, correct me on this. But you know, she has a particular voice for her songs that she writes with Richie, and but that particular song, more than any of the other songs, <laughs> I literally to this day I can listen to that song. I did hear it at uh, in Richfield, Connecticut back in 2014, and you're literally brings tears to your eyes, the emotion that she brought out of the song. It's almost like you just, that is just, she does everything to bring out the vocal in that, and it's just absolutely amazing the way she does that. And, you know, and that that says a lot for me saying that because I've had my issues with Blackmore's Night and their management, but the bottom line is the music is still the music. Yeah, and it's going to be what it is. Um, so, anyways, you know that's that's on a on a major side note. But um, I wanted to give uh, major kudos to uh, the vocal delivery by Candace Knight for that song, um, "Diamonds and Rust," and, and it's an absolutely beautifully sung song. And uh, you know, right. and I know her husband was really really pleased with that. Um, but anyways, we're getting actually we're wrapping it up. With uh, Rock On with Joel and Julie for this month's podcast. And uh, one last detail that we are going to be mentioning that since we're talking about Rock and Roll Hall of Fame members. Yes. Is Deep Purple. Yes, they're coming to town. They are coming to town in August. With Alice. They're doing a tour with Alice. So for all of you outside of Phoenix, you know, look for the tour, you know, the total tour. You know, I can't think of a better combo deal. Than that. Absolutely. They're um, they're selling VIP packages for each of the artists. Edgar Winter Band is also going to be with them. Uh, so they are going to be opening oh, up. sweet. But what's really great about this is that Deep Purple has been promoting their album, Infinite. And it will be out on Ear Music uh, on April 7th. Looking very forward to that. You know, I had a, um, the, you know, I was very lucky enough to meet uh, the great Bob Ezrin when he was uh, recording Revenge for Kiss and I got to hear it in the studio with him uh, before it came out and the guy is just phenomenal yeah. and I mean 
I can hardly wait to see what this new album sounds like because he's such a great producer and he did such a great job on the last record. So I think, you know, this, I mean, who says you can't teach a new dog, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, and, and I will tell you that, and uh, for whatever it's worth, Time for Bedlam, I love that song. I can I can play that over and over again. And, and just recently, and I've been doing this a lot on my own Facebook page, is where I go ahead and I uh, will preview something from, you know, an album or something of a band that I really care about. And Deep Purple uh, did an interview with Billboard magazine about um, the photo shoot that they did. And mm -hmm. the, uh, the photography, the photographer that, uh, of course, did their, their pictures for their album covers, Jim Ricchetti, um, who did it for their last album, uh, Now What? But the actual photo shoot itself, they put Time for Bedlam as the, Bedlam as the backdrop. And oh, so sweet. to see that, you know, on YouTube, I mean, it just, it just generates so much more excitement. And it, it's kind of neat to see the band doing something like that, kind of like what they did when they came out with their Still last album. current. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. But having fun. Because I mean, they're they were actually they filmed that in uh, in Hamburg, Germany. Mm -hmm. So it's like the dead of cold. But then they made it a little bit. They enhanced it a little bit more, so it looked <laughs> like they were in the frozen tundra. Gotcha. So, and of course, they had to plan out everything and how the band was going to do it inside before they go out on the shoot and take the pictures. Because you know you don't want to get the band members sick, you right, know, because right, right. they're getting gotcha. up in age. Yeah, so, anyways. Um, but that's that is our plug for the um, the upcoming month, which is for uh, Deep Purple's In Infinite. It will be out in stores or digitally. Uh, you could get oh, there's so many packages that you can find if you go to the German websites or earmusic.com uh, to be able to find out uh, some little packages that they have. It's amazing the box set and so on and so forth and and uh, vinyl singles. Uh, uh, documentaries, whatever the case may be. I mean, they're they're going all out on this, so it'd be quite interesting. And uh, with that, let's go ahead and end this. All right. So here we are with Rock See you next On. Month. Exactly. See you next month with Rock On with Joe and Julie. <laughs>